Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former Amlaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. Instead of becoming yet another burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm now on a mission to help lawyers do just that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both life and law. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Why, hey there. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And today we are going to talk about what to do when you feel stuck or even trapped within your legal career. And so this is you if you're not very happy, maybe you're feeling unfulfilled, but you feel like you can't do anything about it, right? Maybe you've lost sight of what you even want out of your career and you're just not sure what to do. You're stuck. Maybe you even feel trapped. Now, I hear these types of complaints all the time, which is why we're covering it today. So this is for you if you've ever used the words, I'm stuck, I can't make a change, I just don't know where to begin, how do you even make things better? I don't know that it's really possible. You may or may not use the word stuck, but it could still apply to you because here's how it often shows up. My job isn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be, but I've spent so much time and money. I went to law school. I've been trained as a lawyer. So what can I really do? I don't know that I can do anything about this. You know, I don't like what I do very much, but I have debt to pay. So I need to grind it out for a few more years. And then we'll see where we end up. Or even though I'm not very fulfilled, it's going to get better. It's going to be better when I get more senior, when I make partner, etc. And so you just keep going on, but unfulfilled, unhappy, you just feel stuck. Now, one of the things that a lot of lawyers say is the time, the money invested, as though somehow that should change your decision about what to do. And the other thing that I hear a lot is... <laughs> the golden handcuffs. You know, a lot of lawyers make a lot of money. Not everybody does, but a lot of you do. And sometimes you feel like you can't leave because you have debt or maybe you have a lifestyle to maintain or maybe people rely upon you, right? And so it's just something you have to keep doing. Well, I say hogwash because there are always choices. And what's happening is you're making a lot of excuses, you're coming up with a lot of reasons without really getting into what's going on. Why do you feel so stuck and why are you so unfulfilled and what can you do about it? So let's go ahead and get into what I see over and over again. And I see three common themes that come up, three real reasons why people are so unhappy yet do nothing and feel stuck. Okay, so let's go through reason number one. Reason number one is you've lost sight of your values. Now you might think, okay, what does that mean? What are values? So your values are the things, the principles that fuel you. 
They are what drive you to make the choices that you make and to take certain actions. Regardless of whether you know it or not, they're inside of you, they're there. They are formed throughout your childhood and into young adulthood. Most of them stay pretty constant. Sometimes things can happen in your life that create a new value or maybe change how you define value. But they've been there a while. And they're important because, yes, they fuel you. But they also create the mentality that you have. They influence how you view the world, how you view other people. They influence your politics oftentimes. And they influence how you view yourself within the world, okay? So it's incredibly important to understand them. Some examples of values. To be connected, that's one of mine. To serve, that's another one. To create, one of my clients has that. To contribute, hopefully you're getting the gist of what I'm saying. So what are your values? Now you likely have a gut instinct as to what at least a couple of them are. They are primary. They have always been there as far as you can remember. And you may not call them values. They may be principles or rules that you like to follow that you feel good about yourself when you follow them, okay? Now, one thing to note is you want to make sure that you're not identifying values that aren't really yours. Maybe they are someone else's, like a parent or a societal value that you feel like you should follow. No, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about your core personal values, those things that make you uniquely you, okay? So again, you're probably going to have a gut instinct as to a couple of them. But how long has it been since you've really checked in with them? Since you've really sat down and thought about, okay, am I aligned with these right now? Where am I not? Or have you even ever done that? It's incredibly important to do that because when you are not aligned with your values, you end up on a path that's not your own. It's very easy to lose sight of what you even want. And it's for those of you that have a really hard time creating a vision for where you want to end up, you've probably lost sight of your values. This is why this is so important for you to do. Your values are your guide for making decisions that you're content with that lead to more purpose, more fulfillment, okay? And although you probably know some of them, you may never have really thought about this enough or at least deeply enough. And so you may not be incredibly aware on a conscious level, although they're in there and they are driving you, they're not doing it at a conscious level. And what you want is to start bringing this to a more conscious level and not within the subconscious so that you can use them as your guide to making good decisions for both your career and your life. So let me give you an example of a value. Let's go back to mine to be connected. So that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. When I say they're unique to you, you may have the same value to be connected, right? Somebody out there listening to this probably does. Yet you may define it incredibly differently than I do. It could mean that you like to be in the middle of things. You like to be connected and um, 
always doing things on behalf of others. Maybe that leads you to be more active in various organizations. Maybe it propels you into sales. Maybe you're really good at selling, right? Or maybe it propels you into some sort of leadership position because of this value. There are a lot of different ways that this value can be defined and show up in your life. For me, it doesn't mean any of that. It means to be 100% present with those that I'm with so that I am right there and fully and deeply connected to people that I'm with. So I believe that deep connections are formed when people are vulnerable. So part of this to be connected for me is to help others when they need me. Also, When I am vulnerable and need help, it's to accept help because then I'm making a deeper connection and allowing other people to use their unique strengths and gifts to help me, which creates deeper connections and more presence. So that is how I defined to be connected, which is probably very different than what most other people would think of, okay? So one of the things I've found throughout my life, and this is an example of why it's so important to make sure you understand what your values are, is if I'm not doing this, if I'm not really truly connected with people, I just feel out of sync with myself. And I start to get very frustrated with my life and with myself and with what I'm doing. And once I really understood this value, I was able to create my practice in a way that was fully aligned with it. So I didn't want to build the biggest book of business in the world, but what I did want to do was build a robust business with people that I could feel incredibly connected to and really want to work for. It was so important to me. If I didn't do that, then I was working for the wrong people and wasn't very happy because I couldn't be as connected to them. I mean, let's be honest, we don't connect deeply with everybody out there, right? And so understanding this value helped me to build a more fulfilling career. So hopefully I'm making some sense here and this is, you're like, oh yeah, I could see where these values are really important. And if you're not connected to them, if you don't understand them and you're not therefore aligned with them in the decisions you're making, in where you're working, in who you're working with, then you're not going to be very happy and you're going to feel utterly stuck and not know what to do about it. And the good news is figuring out what these values are for you, what your personal values are, is kind of your roadmap. It's your compass for what your next steps are to start bringing in more purpose, more fulfillment, more happiness, okay? So how do you figure them out? Well, you start asking some questions. Things like, who do I want to be? How do I want to be known? And don't look at this from the lawyer perspective and achievements. We often, when we ask these types of questions, look at, well, what do I want to be you know, known for as in respect of my achievements? Don't just look at that. Look on a deeper level. You can look at that, but then ask why that's important. What values show up in that? What does that say about who you are? You're talking deeper traits or principles here, right? The other thing that you can do is look to those times when you've been frustrated, disappointed, or even angry with yourself for something that you've done or maybe something that you did not do. 
oftentimes you feel that way about yourself and your actions or lack of action because you didn't uphold a core value that is important to you. And so as you start to ask these questions and you start to look at those things, some common themes will start to appear. Put words to them. What values are showing up, right? What does that mean to you? How do you define it? Now, this is pretty deep work, and this is something I do work with my clients with. So give yourself a little bit of space. It's not going to be perfect. It doesn't need to be. And it takes a little time. That's okay. A trained coach can help you get clarity more quickly. So you may want to consider working with a coach. doesn't have to be me. There's lots of coaches out there who do this type of work. So you may want to consider it. It may help you do it a little bit more quickly. All right, so number one was you're not aligned with your values. Number two is you're worried a lot about what other people will think. Now, how does that get you stuck? Well, (laughs) inherent within this whole I feel stuck or trapped theme is the idea that you can't do something because you spent a lot of time and money to get through law school. And so you shouldn't leave. You have to pay off debt. People look up to you as a lawyer. A lot of this has to do, well, what would people think of me? I remember very clearly feeling this way a couple of years into my legal career. I was very unhappy and very unwilling to do anything about it because I was worried that the answer to my problem was that I needed to leave, not just the firm I was in, but the practice of law in general. At the time, I felt like the profession was broken. I'm just not cut out for this. Yet I did not do a thing about it, primarily because my family looked up to me. I was the first and still the only person in my family to go to law school and become a practicing lawyer. And I didn't want them to think I was flaky. I didn't want them to think I had given up. I didn't want them to think poorly of me for giving up on something that had been my dream since I was really young. I was a little bit worried about what other lawyers would think about me, but in all honesty, it was primarily what would my family think? What would my husband think? The money thing was definitely a factor, (laughs) right? I was making good money. How could I afford to live the way I was living? Those golden handcuffs were definitely there. What's interesting is that I didn't even need to leave my legal career back then. But because I was so worried about what other people would think, if they even knew what I was feeling, about how unhappy, unfulfilled I was because, you know, I was a successful lawyer doing really well. I definitely made good money. I had a great house. I had everything I needed, right? I didn't want them to know how badly I felt because I felt like a little guilty about it. Other people don't do so well. All of that gets wrapped into you worry about what other people think. And unfortunately, lawyers worry about this a lot. What was interesting is I didn't need to leave the law. I just needed to change some change some things in you know how I was showing up. I needed to reorient around my values. I needed to build proper boundaries. I needed to start taking better care of myself. But even as I started to discover what I needed to do and was very relieved that I didn't need to leave completely, I felt like, well, how do I say no to people? What will people think of me if I do that, right? How will I handle clients? How will I handle colleagues? How will I handle partners? I was an associate at the time. So I was wrapped up completely in what are other people going to think of me? How are they going to respond? How are they going to react? And it was holding me back and making me feel stuck. And in all honesty, I grappled with this again later when I decided that I needed to leave my legal career behind. 
after my cancer, once I decided that I don't think I want to practice law anymore, I grappled with this for over a year before I did anything about it because I was so fearful of, I've practiced law for so long, I've been so successful, what are people going to think of me? And at that point, I actually wasn't worried about my family. I'd made peace with that part. It was, what are other lawyers going to think? And the funny thing was, once I did go through with it, what and this surprised me a lot, when I announced what I was doing, there were so many attorneys, mostly partners, who congratulated me for how courageous I was and said they wished they could do the same. Not necessarily, you know, start their own business um, as a coach consultant to lawyers, but leave the law or do something else or have a passion project and not just be wrapped up in being a lawyer. I find that interesting. So the question becomes, what do you do about this? Like, how do you deal with this? Well, number one, you need to be really honest that this is even an issue. Most lawyers don't like to admit that they care so much about what other people think of them. But the thing is, you cannot do a thing about it if you're not honest about the fact that it's there, that you do care, right? So get super honest that you do care, and it's okay. You can tackle it, but you need to admit it first. So once you do that, what do you do next? Well, start paying attention. Awareness is really key here. You need to figure out where it shows up for you because Everybody has different things that they care about, right? So get curious about, well, when do I care most about what other people think? Identify who you care most about, right? Who is it that you worry about will think something poorly of you? And what is it that you think they're going to believe? And get behind that. There are thoughts that you have that lead you to care so much about what these people will think, beliefs that you have about how you think they're going to regard you. You need to figure out what those specifically are and get behind them and start asking questions. It's really interesting. Once you admit that you have this issue and you become more aware of where it shows up and how it shows up and you get more clarity around the thoughts around it, it kind of decreases the worries and it allows you to, to make changes regardless. Because you're finally facing it. You're getting honest about it. Now, what I will say is it it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you need a little bit of help. So, you know, talk to mentors, talk to friends, consider hiring a coach to help you. We're great at that. The one thing I would tell you is do not assume that the answer is that you have to leave your firm or your company or even the law. Because oftentimes you don't have to. Remember, I thought... That's what I needed early in my career. And it turns out I needed to create some boundaries, take better care of myself, do some other things. Now, that did eventually lead me to leave the firm I was at and go to another firm, but I didn't necessarily have to do that. That was actually done for a couple of reasons, one of which was I I decided I needed a new practice, a different practice area within the corporate finance world. So that's why I started with values. I want you to start with your values before you go here. Because what a lot of people do is they go here and then they realize, well, I just, I'm unhappy, so I'm going to leave. And then they jump ship too quickly. I tell my clients, a lot of times clients come to me unhappy, unfulfilled, and trying to figure out what it, you know, what fulfillment means for them and how they need to create their vision. But they come in with the assumption that it means they need to leave their current place of employment. And I got to tell you, 
85% of the time, maybe even more, that isn't true. They don't need to leave. They just need to change how they're being in the world, right? They need to create some boundaries. They need to get more clear around their values. They need to change their goals. They need to say no more often. There are things they need to do. So don't just assume you need to leave. That's another thing. All right, so the first one was you're not clear on your values. Get clear on your values. The second one was worrying way too much about what other people will think, which prohibits you from making any changes. Number three, and the second one leads into number three. They're kind of interlinked, but they are separate, so we're going to deal with them separately here. Number three is fear. Fear, especially of uncertainty and failure. And of course, it's wrapped up. Two, in what other people will think. We worry we're going to fail, and so we don't want people to think poorly of us if we did. And so this whole fear thing often causes people to think things like, well, it's better just to stay where I am. It's less risky. Because, hey, I'd rather be miserable where I am than risk doing even worse, right? Because change is uncertain. Could be a mistake. You might fail. And doing nothing is just better. Are you so sure about that? (laughs) I would say no, that's not the case. I'm sorry. You need to rethink this. So part of what's going on here is that your brain is pre-wired to work against you on this. It, It brings to the forefront that fear so that you can protect yourself. And additionally, you're a trained lawyer, which means that you're naturally going to try to be more risk averse. We are trained to be that way. So I talked about how your brain works and how you're trained and how this affects us personally and professionally back in episode two. So if you have not listened to that episode, I highly recommend that you go back and have a listen. I will link to it in the show notes. Okay, so let's just get real here. First and foremost, this whole uncertainty thing. We're safer to stay where we are than to make a change because all of that is uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen. What if it's a mistake, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just say there is uncertainty everywhere, even in doing nothing about your situation, in making a change, whatever it ends up being, right? Because you may not leave. You may do something else, but you are going to have to change something. So when contemplating making changes in our lives, especially when it comes to our careers, we typically look at the cons, the cons of making a change, the cons of moving firms, moving corporations, of leaving, of whatever it is we think we might need to do. We look at all the cons and it just brings so much anxiety because you don't know if it's going to work out and you don't know what, what it's going to bring, right? And we assume that things will stay exactly as is if we just do nothing. So it's really, it's time to be super honest that that's just not true. Things are going to change regardless of whether you make a change or not. And you have no idea how they're going to change because circumstances change. And then people respond or react in unexpected ways. Additionally, you change as you continue. Which brings me to my next point, which is super important. So I want you to listen in here. There's risk in doing nothing. So is there risk in taking a new job? Absolutely. 
Is there risk in trying to build stronger boundaries with your colleagues, maybe some partners, and taking more time for yourself? Yeah, there actually is. But there's also risk in doing nothing. So you're unhappy. You're not fulfilled. Nothing's going to miraculously change for the better without you doing something, right? Things are going to continue on that have been going on that are making you so unhappy. And the thing is, is it's going to build as you go. And it's going to feel worse the longer you go. You'll start to feel disappointed in yourself. You'll get more trapped feeling. And that's only going to increase anxiety, stress. It may lead to feeling depressed. You may end up ending, you may end up coping in very unhealthy ways. The fact is that doing nothing will change you over time and not in a good way. So (laughs) I talked about this quite a bit back in episode one. So you may want to go back and listen. But real quickly, back when I was a young lawyer, I think it was in my fifth year, I was working a lot. I had zero boundaries. I jumped whenever someone asked me. I just, I had zero life, right? And it absolutely wasn't sustainable, yet I kept doing it because I felt like I had no choice until the day I realized that I'd forgotten about a deadline that day, so I had to kill myself to get it done, and then felt embarrassed because it wasn't up to my usual standards. I also missed something important in a contract review. Well, I realized that day that I'd missed something in a contract review, and I had to go back and fix it and apologize. And then I went home and complained to my husband for the millionth time, which ended up creating a fight. That's when I started to realize that I was changing because of everything. I was complaining all the time. I wasn't any fun to be around. And I certainly wasn't being very present in anything that I did. Not at home, not at work, nowhere. Because my mind was cluttered and it was a mess. I was overextended. And remember, one of my core values is to be connected. And part of how I define that is to be present. So that's when I knew I had to change things. And I want you to get real clear around how it's going to change you if you stay on the same path and do nothing. I promise there is risk in doing nothing. And oftentimes that risk is worse than the risk of making a change. Okay? So get real about that. Finally, nothing is set in stone. Life is about course correcting. So we have this ridiculous idea that we should set this big picture vision for our lives and our careers, get started on that path, and always stay on that exact same path with that same vision. And so we think that we shouldn't make big changes as we go or change our mind. That is just rubbish, y'all. Your vision should change because you're going to learn, you're going to grow as you move along that path. And it's going to change you as you go, which means your vision is ever changing as well. And it's okay if you make a change and then realize, you know what? I've gone off the beaten path and I don't want to. I want to go back. That's absolutely possible. It's okay. The thing is, it's not really a mistake or a failure as long as you learn something from it and utilize what you've learned moving forward. And that's always available to you. So instead of thinking of changes as, oh, this has to be the right answer or the right thing, think of it as the next step along your path. It's a stepping stone. And remember, you're going to calibrate as you go. You're going to change that bigger vision as you go. Okay? 
So how do you take all this information? What are your next actual steps? So again, I mentioned this earlier, but I always tell my clients not to do anything drastic initially, okay? Even if you feel certain that you need, you're you're stuck and you're stuck because you're in the wrong job or you're in the wrong career, okay? Maybe give yourself 60 days to reconnect with your values, create a clear vision before you make a jump. Because the thing is, is if you don't do that first, you may be jumping. In fact, you're probably going to be jumping into the wrong spot. You want to do this foundational work first. So that's step one. And as you're doing this, start paying attention to how you care about what others think. Where is that holding you back? Get really clear around that and honest about it. Who do you care most about? Why? What are the thoughts and the beliefs behind why you feel this way? And then start tackling those thoughts. Again, consider working with a coach on this. And then finally, pay attention to where fear shows up, fear of uncertainty, fear of failure, and ask yourself, what if I make a choice and it turns out not to be perfect or right? What if I need to retool again? Then what? What often you find, and this is one of my favorite coaching questions to ask when people get in the situation, is that it's really not that big of a deal. You can easily course correct and keep moving. Okay, so that is it for today. I very much hope that this helped you. I know that these can be incredibly difficult concepts to deal with, and it's hard to figure out how to implement this into your life. But the thing I would say to that is get help, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from a coach. You know, go to the people you trust, go to your mentors, go to family and friends, go to colleagues that you know well that you can trust to help you through this. Don't keep it bottled up inside. That's probably the worst thing you can possibly do. And also give yourself grace. Have some patience with yourself. These are difficult concepts sometimes to wrestle with. And so don't expect everything to change overnight. It's totally okay. That's not how life works. And then finally, before I let you go, be sure that you download the Life and Law Roadmap because it really will help you to go a little deeper into some of what I've talked about today, plus do the other things you need with respect to mindset, with respect to creating your vision, with respect to you know how you want to organize your life and how you want to make changes to your life moving forward. It is kind of that roadmap to help you create the life you ultimately want. I will see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a subscriber, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.